Squirrel. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Uh, that's because it's our show and not Not yours. Uh, for a second, it sounded like you were saying, and welcome to, mmm, dead time stories. (laughs) I was like, are we just in the, mmm? Bething mood still. Beth. You're not even gonna have any mm, babies. You're not even gonna have any mm, babies. Josh will love that when he gets to this episode in like four weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know he. I think he started it from the beginning recently, he did. so he's like got a ways to go. Josh started it from the beginning. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. And for if everyone this is else, your first time listening to the show, stop. You should stop. And go, go back, back to the start beginning. Start listening from the beginning. Episode one. Grumble thought to my mouth a little bit. Just a little bit. Sarah, I went back to the beginning recently. Oh, yeah? What were your thoughts? That it was so much better back then? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just what a what a different time it was and what different places we were in in our lives. Oh, yes. Right? Such different places. Such different places. And I'm very glad to be where we are now and not where we were then. Uh, same. Yes. <laughs> 100%. So excited. So we can make jokes about the content, but we're at better places in our lives. So if you think our art suffers from <laughs> from us being, being happy, happier people, we'll just, I guess, be friends with Taylor Swift then. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you do? Well, isn't it everyone says that her music sucks if she's not in a breakup? Mm. Right? So everyone's I guess. Like, their podcast sucks if they're not full of anxiety and depressed. I and don't poor. listen to Taylor Swift and I don't really feel any kind of way about her other than I'm like, yeah, good for you when she's like, that's sexist when men write songs about their ex-girlfriends. People are just like, oh my god, it's music. And then like, if a woman do does it. it, it's it's like a big deal. Yeah, that's I'm like, fair. yeah, you tell it, girl. Do it. Do it, T-Swift. I'm here for it. Her songs are catchy. Also, T-Swift, you should have spoken up about your politics pre-2016 election, but that's okay. I think she would agree with that, too. I think she would be like, she tried really hard for a long time to not talk about her feelings because she didn't want to alienate herself from her Republican fans. And then she finally said enough is enough. And I support that. You know, we all make mistakes. Everybody has bad days. You know, that's Miley. That's not Taylor Swift. Anyways, y'all. I don't know enough Taylor Swift music to. To quote it jokingly, the way I like to just say song lyrics. like It's, it's okay. A- we'll move on. Just shake it off. Shake it off. Okay. I know that one. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, uh, we did a show yesterday. What was it called? I'm pulling up a blank space. Um, Beth? <laughs> no, blank space was another Taylor Swift song. Mbeth? Yes, it was called Mbeth, and Josh, uh, Josh Hawkins was there. He was, if you didn't pick that up from us talking about him in the beginning of the episode. Josh yes, was there. Yes, and he's delightful. He also is on a podcast called The Blurred Bar. They're on a temporary hiatus right now, because he's getting ready to get married in a couple yeah, of months. Is. There's, you know, they all have life stuff going on, so they're doing that. They're working on their life stuff. 
But, you know, we're talking about um, some projects that we might want to do together in the future. But all of those things have to wait until post-wedding, which makes sense because when you're getting married, that's like, you know, got to be your whole focus. It's a whole thing. Tell me about it. I'm not getting married, but well, I don't know. my yeah, other I was best like, I friend is. <laughs> I'm not speaking from personal experience. I worked in the wedding industry for about four and a half years, and my other best friend is getting married, and I'm maid of honor, so I feel into the thick of it. Into yeah, the thick Sarah of it. Sarah feels the pressure of the wedding stuff. Into the thick of it. Well, I feel like that's as good of a segue as any into what I'm going to talk about. Oh, is it? This week. Well, yeah, because I feel like... After this past week, we are officially in the throes of bridal shenanigans. Like, it it has started. Um, Well, she's ready, folks. So, uh, with all that to say, talking about weddings. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Hey, Leslie. Y'all ready ready to talk talk about some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Sarah, I would ask what you're talking about this week, but I know that it's ghosts. It's ghosts. It's definitely ghosts. But it's not Philly ghosts. No. It's Cincinnati ghosts. Mm Mm-hmm. And why is that, you ask me earnestly? Cincinnati. (laughs) Ha ha ha. It's because I went to Cincinnati last week. Yes, she did. With my friend who is getting married since- And that's why I say it feels like this trip was the beginning of starting all of the bridal everything because we have this trip that just happened. We have a concert tonight. And in two weeks, we're going to Columbus for her bachelorette weekend. And then just a mere three weeks after that is her wedding weekend. And it sounds far away, but it is not. That's not far away at all. And I'm not even like in it. It's not my wedding, but it is a lot. It is a lot going on. It is a lot to do. I love you. Like, I'm not even in it. I mean, you're a maid of honor. That, um, yeah, that puts you in it. Yeah. But like, I'm not, you know, it's not my wedding. I'm not paying it's not your for wedding. It. Um, hashtag not my wedding. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Brittany, if you listen to this, I love you so much, but <laughs> I didn't vote for it. All that to say, we went to Cincinnati this past week. And of course, while I was there, I did a ghost tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. What else do you do when you go to a new city and the reason that you went to that city got canceled? <laughs> you do a ghost tour and an escape room. We also did an escape room. Yeah, you did. Was it? And it was just the two of you? It was just the two of us. How much time did you have left when you got out? <sighs> like 20 minutes? No. Okay, so I will say this. We did a room that physically needed another set of hands. Mm. And so as much as it pains me, we didn't technically make it out. But we were on the final last puzzle which we knew and we were working through putting all the pieces in place and then the time ran out and so the game master came in and said keep going you're 30 seconds away from finishing it just finish it even though the time ran out like just keep going um because literally it was so it's 
I can't remember the name of the brand, but it's the one that Halen works for. Uh, Mary Angela's sure. son works for them. They have locations all around the country. But it's the room called The Playground. And it was so much fun. It was a huge playground. There was a slide. Stephanie, there was a slide into a whole other room. There was a moment at the end where they release this chute and all of these plastic balls come flying at you. It was so much fun. But because of that, there were so many physical things that had to be done that for two people with two hands, we just weren't fast enough. Because mm-hmm. um, Sarah and I have this theory that we could get out of an escape room faster with less people because less people actually slow it down because they all find stuff and they don't share it enough or they don't listen and like you're trying to coordinate with too many people at once. It's a too many cooks in the kitchen situation. So that was why I asked my question the way I did because because of our theory that we could get out of it way faster if we were just the two of us in the escape room. But we were sweating. Like I was yeah. physically sweating. I was moving and and to give you an idea, it wasn't just two rooms, three. Three? Yes. Mm. We had to work through three rooms. Yeah. Um I love that honestly in my in my experience doing escape rooms, my favorite part is when a wall opens up opens up and I find out I get to go into another room. It's another room. It makes me so excited. It was so yes, that was so much fun. Cause like yeah. we got through the first part and then they rang like a class bell and they were like ding ding. Also, I'm so sorry, listeners, this is not part of my ghost story. This is just a plug for the escape room. They're like, ding, ding, ding. Now you get to go to recess and a door opened and it opened into a room with a jungle gym and astroturf on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then we had to figure more things out. And then this panel slid up and revealed a slide. And then we had to slide down the slide and it took us into a back room with a whole bunch of lockers. And then we had to figure it out to get the door from the lockers to open back up to the playground. Yeah. It was so much. It was it was a blast. I highly recommend. I stand by the fact that if we had an extra set of hands, we would have gotten out sooner. Even though I will tell this other little tidbit. We showed up. We just decided to walk in. We got online. We found the next room that was available. And it was about 20 minutes away. So we bought our tickets and we sat there and we waited. And we said, man, it would be really nice if we were the only ones in this room. And we're sitting there thinking, okay, I think we're going to be the only ones in this room. I think we're going to be the only ones in this room. Um, Until it reaches showtime. And we realize that they haven't let us in the room yet. And we see the girl at the front desk calling someone. And we're like, shit, we're not going to be alone. So like, okay, it should be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. They might hate us, but it'll be fine. And then we're sitting there and I see Brittany look at the front door and she goes, oh no. Oh no. And it was a mom (laughs) walking in with her seven-year-old son. And that was our reaction. (laughs) Right? It's not just kids, y'all, but like a seven-year-old in an escape room. I don't want to do that. And And I told Brittany, I was like, I can't. I'm not holding my language. For a child, I don't want... So we we looked at each other and we were like, no, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to... So we walked over to the girl at the desk and I was like, excuse me, hi. Um, could you push us to the next room? Time slot. I was like, could you just push us to the next time slot? And she was like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And so we just... <laughs> While the mom and the son were standing right next to me filling out the waiver... I was like, can you just push us to the next room? And then we left. 
And we came back an hour later. And as we were walking up, I saw the mom, the son, and the dad who came and joined them walking out. And I was like, Brittany, that's who we were going to do that room with. Nope. And then we got in there and I'm so glad we didn't do it with it. If we had done it with a child, we would not have gotten out as quickly as we did. Because no. we both would have been catering to the child. We would make sure he has a good time. Make sure he goes down the slide The stranger first. child who you don't even fucking know. I don't know. even know you. No. So listeners, you might hate me, but I'm not doing an escape room with your fucking kid. I will ask for the next time slot. Minimum. Minimum. And even then, I'm like, no. If I don't know you, I don't want to do it with you. No. I don't want to do it with strangers at all. Period. Like, That's it doesn't have anything to do with age. Yeah. But I'm like, any of my friends, like, come on. Not doing it. Your child, unless your child has critical problem solving skills. Yeah, unless your child's like a genius and is has already done multiple escape rooms and has a good track record. Then I'll do it. Sarah, tell me about the ghost tour that you took in Cincinnati. You're right. On to the ghosts. So we do this ghost tour. Uh, I'll plug the ghost tour because I did enjoy it. It is Cincinnati ghosts. They're like the highest rated on TripAdvisor and Yelp, etc. And Mm -hmm. they're one of the only Cincinnati ghost tours that runs a tour every night of the week. So we were there. Winning. We were there on a... Do we do it Monday night or Tuesday night? We were there. We did it on a Monday night. We were in on Monday and I was looking for a ghost tour. Every ghost tour is Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. So Cincinnati Ghosts is the one that runs every single night of the week, which I very much enjoy. So we got to post up at this ghost tour on a Monday night. Now, as we're walking up to where the ghost tour meets, I noticed that we're walking. So we are meeting right next to the Cincinnati Music Hall, which is beautiful i will post pictures on instagram it's stupid gorgeous okay we sit there and i notice as we're walking up that we're passing by and we'll be meeting right across the street from a park and as i walk up i see that it's named washington park and i looked at Brittany and i said if they start this tour and they take us over to this park and they tell us that this park used to be a burial ground and is a potter's field and is now haunted, I'm going to say, so uh-uh, help me God. you stole that from Philly. Because we have our Washington Square Park that is a potter's field that is haunted that you might remember. Yeah, that's just what they named every potter's field in major cities. They just named them all Washington Park. Is that true? That's my theory. I like that. I so far my life has told me that that theory is true because both of the Washington I'm parks that's I've what been to in Cincinnati. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm talking about it. Is because it's haunted and it used to be of a course. burial ground. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> right. Tell me I about should, it, girl. I knew. I knew in my gut as I walked up. Yeah, I was like, every, I'm guessing park. now. Every major city, if they name the, the park Washington, anything. It's a potter's field. It's a potter's field. It's where the poor people were buried. And if you live in a town that has a Washington park that was not a burial ground, please email me. Let me know. Let me know. Because we want to we want to know this theory. And then if you live in a state that does have a Washington park that is a burial ground, also let me know. Because that means our theory is correct. Let a bitch know. Let us know. So, Washington Park in Cincinnati, not Philadelphia. Obviously, Cincinnati's been on the map since America had been founded. Our tour guide, I enjoyed a lot. Philly's the oldest city, Philly's though. the oldest. Well, Don't I mean, forget. Technically, all of them have been around, but 
since the white man took yeah. over. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. I didn't know a lot about Cincinnati's history. We'll and to be honest, I, I still don't. But I learned a fair amount on this tour and I enjoyed it. All that to say, we're going to focus on Washington Park, even though they took us through multiple locations. And some of the others might show up later. Um, but we're focusing on Washington Park today. Washington Park now is stupid cute. They've totally yeah. gentrified it. Um, it's got a dog park. It's got, in all the parks in Cincinnati, they have like a bar and you're allowed to drink beer within the park limits. They've got a little grandstand. So on Monday night, they were playing live music. They have another little area with a tiny little stage that I saw it. And I said, oh my God, Mary Angela would love this. It's got an area with grass. It's got another area like it's a playground for kids. And they've got another little area that's got like the shooting up from the ground water fountains that the little kids just love. So there's a ton of little kids in bathing suits running around like crazy in the water. <laughs> totally a super cute, really nice neighborhood park. It was not always that. Apparently, it's just recently become that very nice park that we experienced last Monday. How recently? Um, I want to say, you know what he, I think he told us the year, but I'd want to say within the last 10 years is when it's okay. become this new park. Probably even less, to be honest with you. But it started as an area in Cincinnati where they would bury the poor, the unnamed the immigrants who had no family. And when you bury people like that in a mass grave area, it's called a potter's field. So Washington Park was a potter's field. And it sat there for a while. Gravesite. Well, then they decided to build an orphanage on top of it. Because that's what you do. You got dead bodies, so let's put some kids. So there was an orphanage that stood there for about 10 or so years. I don't have all of the dates because I will also say that our tour guide did not have all of the dates, uh, but great tour. So it sat there as an orphanage for about 10 years until it was shut down, like many orphanages are due to neglect, abuse, etc. We don't have any records necessarily saying that children died on the premises. However, if children did die on the premises, chances are they wouldn't make a record of it. So we're just going to chalk that up to more deaths on the property. Yeah. Now, after the orphanage closed, they decided that they wanted to continue to use the land, but they had this bright idea to build a parking garage under the park. So they went in and they dug up all of those bodies mm. and they moved. So they say all of those bodies and the tour guide tells us where uh, some other cemetery at that point it's just like a mess of bones you know it no really one is. is named no one is marked you're just digging and clearing and just taking whatever bones you find and putting them somewhere else which i'm sure if there's any spirits or souls if you aspire to that they do not love that idea but right. they said fuck that we're innovating and we're putting a parking garage here. So they moved all of the bodies. Now, one legend that came up and it's totally word of mouth. I could find nothing online about this is that when they were digging and they were pulling all of the bodies and bones out and excavating, 
That at the time, you know, in the orphanage in the park area that was there, they also had a swimming pool, like for the community. When they dug up and they dug under the swimming pool, about 30 feet below all the other bodies that were found. So 30 feet down, they found one body under the swimming pool, apparently laid out like um, spread eagle, arms out, legs out. The story behind that is, or the speculation behind that, is some sort of sacrifice, ritual, and a lot of people tie, I say a lot, maybe it's only a handful, they tie that into maybe that's why there's so much alleged activity, is maybe there was a ritualistic sacrifice that took place here ages ago, and we now unearthed it. Who knows? Word of mouth. That's some of the beauty of ghost stories is that a lot of what I'm going to tell you <laughs> is total lore. Total. It's up to your interpretation. If you learn anything, it's your own fault. So they found this weird body 30 feet below the pool and they said, don't bet, move it with the others. We're building the parking garage anyway. So then they built the parking garage, some time went on, and then they started to build up the park. Now, just because they built up the park doesn't mean that stupid, awful, bad bullshit stopped happening there. Sure, That's completely not. the opposite. So I was, I was refreshed slash informed on some very significant civil things that have happened in Cincinnati in the past 20 years that have happened in that park. First of which is going to be the 2001 riots in Cincinnati that happened after Timothy Thomas was killed by police officers. Mm-hmm. So I, 2001, I really wasn't abreast of the news. I was still full-fledged, 100%. I mean, my dad was still alive. Like, I was in middle school. I was in Texas. Right, I was like, we were kids. I was in church. Like, I was not as aware of the civil unrest. Sure. But this was an African-American man who was pulled over by Cincinnati cops and was murdered. And the people in the town stood up and said, nope, we're not doing it. And it led to four days of riots that ended with people congregating in this park, which this park is in a neighborhood called Over the Rhine in Cincinnati. And that's where Timothy was from, was he was from the Over the Rhine neighborhood. And so these riots started down at City Hall, and they started peacefully, like many riots do. It's not a riot, like many protests do. Started peacefully, and then shit started happening, and it turns into a riot, and it turns into physical violence, and it turns into the cops showing up and shooting people with rubber bullets. And that's what happened in Washington Park in 2001, is things accumulated into this protest-turned-riot on the park grounds where police used brutal force and were shooting civilians with rubber bullets. Major period of unrest right there on those grounds. Years later, you know what, let me actually get the exact date for this because this I also feel is a very important piece of history that I didn't hear about, but I should have known. And I'm sorry. Give me one second. 2010. In 2010, an unhoused woman was sleeping in the park. That's also an issue that they talk about with this park is the unhoused population being there, drugs, etc. Like you see in cities. 
an unhoused woman was sleeping in the park under a tree. Just sleeping. An officer was zooming through in his car and he straight up ran her over and killed her. Oh my God. Which I don't know if you remember, but I feel like it was a few months ago. Another officer did something just like this on a beach, what, in Jersey? And was like driving down a beach and ran over someone. Because they just don't look, they don't care, they don't pay attention. So that's another more recent thing that happened in the park is this woman was out there just sleeping and this officer ran her over. And I'll give you one guess as to what happened to him. Nothing. 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 Not a damn thing. The last history bit that I have before I talk about what people have seen there is a serial killer who we've not covered named Samuel Little, who murdered people all across the U.S. When he was confessing, I think he started confessing in 2019. He was confessing to some of his murders. He confessed to hunting down and murdering two girls in Washington Park. Washington Park. Murdered them right there on the grounds. So this piece of land has seen a lot of death. It's seen a lot of heightened emotion. It's seen a lot of history. And so, of course, it's riddled with ghosts. Naturally. So you've got your typical experiences. Spooky shadows out of the corner of your eye late at night. People hearing voices, people, um, you know, feeling like somebody's watching in them and they turn around and no one's there. It's usually your your typical stuff that you wonder, is this real supernatural, paranormal, or is this just someone being on their own and being paranoid? Who's to say? But the one story that we were told that is the creepiest and that this tour touts as their main story is this woman was out jogging in the park. Dusk, not super late, just dusk. One night she's jogging. As she's jogging, she sees sort of out of the corner of her eye, a little ways back over by like some trees, just a shadowed figure where she's like, oh, I guess there's a person over there, just a shadowed figure. But she has an uneasy feeling, but she keeps jogging, doesn't go near it, leaves, goes home. She comes back a few nights later with her same routine. She's jogging, jogging, jogging around the park. She sees the same shadowed figure again. But this time, the presence and the feeling was overwhelming. She said she felt terrified. So she starts running. And that's when she claims that this shadow figure starts chasing after her. Ugh. She said that it was just following her, chasing after her, closing in on her. She ran right to the nearest police station. And the story goes that normally the cops hear people talking about seeing figures and entities in the park and they brush them off. But they said because this woman showed up and was so distraught, Mm -hmm. tears, totally believed everything she was saying, that for once they seemed to take it seriously And that story has spread. Now, the theory that this ghost tour put out there is that they said that because of all the death and the hurt and the heartbreak that had happened there on that field, that that shadow figure was a manifestation 
of all of the negative manifesting itself into a spirit. I don't know how much I follow that. Right. But our Washington Square Park has a hooded scary figure. She's Mm -hmm. an old crone who's guarding the graves. But who's to say that not all Washington parks have a scary hooded figure. Have an old crone. Have an old crone just haunting the grounds. Also, who's to say that it's not actually just like a spirit that's there? That they just don't have the history of. That they don't have the history of because not all of the history is written down. Who knows? What I will say is we stopped on four or five different locations on that tour. All of them were interesting. But for me, the most interesting with the most history was Washington Park. And it's beautiful. Like it literally, we were standing in a portion of the park that if you look to your left, you see the Cincinnati Music Hall, which again, I'll post pictures of, but it's like a gorgeous, almost like gothic cathedral. And then you've got this park and then you have just neighborhood suburbs all around you. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, But also apparently really haunted. Haunted AF. So there are a few other locations in Cincinnati that I'll probably bring up at a later date, one of which is the Symphony Hotel, which is another fascinating story, but I'll get into that later. The last one I'll talk about, this is just a tiny tidbit because it technically wasn't a spot on the tour, but we saw it on Google Maps when we were looking at things to do after the tour, and it was a bar, and the bar is called Ghost Baby. And Ghost Babies. Ghost Babies. I love that. Right? I immediately was like, oh my God, got to look into this. And then when I saw the pictures on Google, it seemed like the bar looked like it was in a tunnel. Like you're underground, mm. like a bricked ceiling. I'm it's scared, be- but intrigued. Yeah, it's... Thank you, Larry. It's because the bar is underground. The bar is in mm. the cellar of the building. And we walked down like five flights of stairs to get into the bar. And then the bar is down and, and it's then just you a, had to walk up five flights of stairs to, to get leave. out. Yeah. Yeah. Boo. But no, it's beautiful. It's this huge, I mean, and also by that point you're buzzed, so it doesn't really matter when you're leaving. But huge, like all of its brick, you're totally down there, no windows, no sense of time, and you've got the bar area, and then if you go back, there's a whole concert venue area. All underground, under this You're building. You're trying to have a live show there? So, I made a face. You guys can't see it because it's audio. Why do they call it Ghost Baby, you ask? Yeah, Sarah, why do they call it Ghost Baby? Thank you. The bartender told us two different stories. The tour guide told us one. So the story that the tour guide and the bartender both tell is that when the owners went in, And they were going into the building for the first time and they went down to the cellar and they opened up the cellar. They heard the sound of a baby crying. And so they decided to name the bar Ghost Baby because of the baby that they heard crying when they opened the cellar. Sure. The other story is that when they were excavating the cellar, there was nothing down there except for a pair of baby booties. So they named the par- the place Ghost Baby. 
I like the booties better. I like the baby crying better. I don't want to hear a ghost baby crying. In the in pitch black, too. If there's no lights no, down there, you. you can't see. It's dark as fuck. I'd rather be baffled by why there's a pair of baby booties down there. What if you walked in, you saw the baby booties, and then as soon as you picked up the baby booties, then the baby cried? I'd pee. You'd pee? I'd pee. I'd probably pee, too. Yeah. So that place was really fun. Those were uh, two of my favorite visits on the Cincinnati Ghost Tour. The third one was a brewery that's in a church, but all of the ghost activity that he told us about that place, I would just attribute to people being drunk. He was like, people report uh, being pushed down the stairs as they're walking out of the brewery. I was going to say, somebody's like, oh, I stumbled coming out of the Someone bar. Someone pushed me. I got pushed by a ghost. Yeah. And the stairs are kind of steep. So I'm like, mm, if I was drunk, I would definitely be like, I didn't fall. Someone pushed me. <laughs> I didn't fall. Someone pushed me. This place is haunted. So if you find yourself in Cincinnati... Go on a ghost tour. Go, go on to the Washington ghost tour. Park, go to Washington Park. Go to Ghost Park, Babies. Go to Ghost Baby. And then the brewery that's in a church where if you fall down the stairs, you can blame it on a ghost is called Taft's, T-A-F-T, Brew House. And okay. their logo is a man sitting in a clawfoot bathtub with a beer in his hand. Mm-hmm. And so I asked when I got there, what's up with the bathtub? What is up with the bathtub? And they said, well, we named our brewery after William Taft, who was the largest president that we've ever had. And there's a rumor about his life that says that he once got stuck in a bathtub. In a bathtub. And so they named the whole brewery and did all of their branding around that. Okay. It's interesting. I'm like, all right, I guess. Did he ever come here? No. You have a brewery in an old historic church. You're not going to do anything with that? No? Okay. No. Got it. Got it. They're like, no, this is our thing. This is our thing. Which the church we've is already, gorgeous. Like, we've already committed to it. We already got all the doormats Tried with the bathtub on it. as a brand. Yeah. The church is beautiful. Um, the story behind the church is that it was a functioning church for decades and decades, but they could never keep a priest longer than three years. They would always leave because of the ghosts. And then one day it burned on the inside and then they just, it burned in the 1970s and then they just let it sit there until like 2010 when they came in and redid it. And somebody was like, you know what? This would make a great bar. This would make a great bar. Yeah. Which, to go back to, our tour guide opened our tour talking about the city being gentrified, which I found very interesting because he was white and all of us on the tour were white. And I'm pretty sure we all knew that this area was gentrified because, like, we're not idiots. But he went on to talk about it because almost every single spot that we went to on that tour was a historical building that had been remodeled, redone, restored by the same company. And he pointed out their logo. It's 3DCD. And he said, they came in and they've totally refurbished this whole neighborhood and they're working on redoing all of Cincinnati. And once he mentioned that to me and Brittany, everywhere we went, we saw that logo. Everywhere. That's like like, me and OCF here in Philly. Yes. Where you notice it once and you're like, fuck. They are everywhere. They are paying for everything. They are redoing all of this. And much like Philadelphia and like Germantown, Philadelphia, you've got 
these gentrified, in their way to being gentrified neighborhoods. But mm-hmm. the city around it has the people haven't changed. You're not going to get rid of the people that are there. And so you've got this. Until you outprice them and they can't afford their property taxes anymore. Which is. And then OCF buys their house and renovates it and sells it to somebody with more money. But then where do they go? Those people don't leave. You know, like it's you took their house, but where are they going to go after that? And that's where I feel like we've got this sort of awful situation of people going in and gentrifying and now you've got this bar and you've got this really nice restaurant but you also have this whole neighborhood of unhoused people sitting right there yeah. who used to live here who are still sitting there and asking for spare change and asking for can you help me get dinner and we ran into a major like unhoused population when we were in Cincinnati that right across the street from a whole bunch of white rich people getting macaroons yeah it was interesting. Uh, and by interesting, I mean like sad and scary. Yeah, what a topic to get on. Because one of the things that drives me crazy about OCF, so that's the one of the big like realty companies here that like buys everything up and sells it up to the highest bidder. They also have these like coffee houses in different mm. neighborhoods, these OCF coffee houses where yep. they're really trying to establish themselves as like, look, we're just like a friendly neighborhood brand. Like we're, we're your, just like, in coffee the shop. Like, yeah, like it's just another way to try and familiarize you with the name and make you comfortable with them infiltrating the neighborhood. That's what this brand did in Cincinnati. Yes. Like I said, as soon as he mentioned it, we we saw it everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, Fascinating. It's, it's nuts. And it's happening uh, here it's happening in, where we in live. a big way too. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So... Well, it's a little short, uh, but it's sweet in the sense of sad history that gives you ghosts. Sweet. Highly recommend Cincinnati. Uh, unfortunately, the whole reason that we went for our trip ended up getting canceled, but we still had a very lovely time. The city surprised me. There's way more history there than I ever even knew because I just don't learn about Cincinnati in school. Yeah, uh, And that was fascinating, and I'm really glad I went, and I'm really glad I learned it. And if you were ever in Cincinnati, do the Cincinnati Ghost Tour. Go check out Washington Park. Go eat, you know, the really good food that's there. There's good coffee shops. Walk around, visit the museums, and do an escape room if you have some time. That. And much well, like gentrified story, white people. Sarah. Thank you. We, um... We did the ghost tour on Monday in the park, and then on Tuesday, we went and did yoga in that park. Yeah, you did. Because we're white ladies. I was going to say, you fucking white people. But unlike everyone else in that yoga class, because we could drink in that park, I went and got a beer. I had a beer sitting at the top of my yoga mat there you while go, I was bro. doing it. I was like, I'm on vacation. <laughs> it was fantastic. Well, that was Sarah's story about Cincinnati. That was my story about some ghosts that can haunt you and chase you in a park. Um, honestly, from everything I've learned too, don't be in a park by yourself in the evening and definitely don't go jogging because that's when the ghosts get you. Well, and what I've learned, uh, and was reminded in this story is that while ghosts can scare you, ghosts can't actually hurt the living because if they could, there'd be no more white people. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Because white people are the people who go, what was that sound? And they go closer to it. Yes. Instead of running away from it. 
I want to thank y'all for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much. You can support our show in so many ways. You can email us at deadtimestories with a Z at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram. We're almost at a thousand followers. We're, we're last so time I checked, close. we're like 40 away. We're 40 yeah. away. Tell your friends to follow us before we get to our four year mark. It's happening. Oh my God. Oh, so close. You can support us on Patreon. You can buy merch from our website, deadtimestories.com. But of course, the best way that you can support our podcast that doesn't cost you any money is to give us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast Store, on Spotify, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, anywhere where you listen to our podcast and you're given the ability to rate it. Please do that because that's how you bring new people into our show who you don't even know and you help out our show. Yeah, it helps us so much and it just takes like two minutes of your time. Right? And remember to do that with all of your email addresses. Yes. So maybe it'll take like 10 minutes of your time because you have to sign out and sign back in. (laughs) I want to thank you all for listening. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this This has has been been Dead Time Stories. See you next week. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 